Welcome to Confessions of a Doctor with your host, Dr. Emma Petcho. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Confessions of a Doctor. Our episode this week is jam-packed with health and wellness information. In Some Like It Taught, I talk about acid reflux and GERD, including what you can do at home to treat symptoms and when to go to your doctor. In Health Myths Debunked, I read a CNN health article on eczema and rated it to see if they are full of fact or fiction. And last but not least, we are answering a listener question about the glycemic index and sugar in your diet in Ask Dr. Emma Your Dilemma. I am your host, Dr. Emma Petcho. I am a licensed, board-certified naturopathic physician, integrative medicine expert, and CEO and founder of Empower You Health and Wellness, a health education and integrative medicine company. I am here with my awesome producer, Alex. Hello, everyone. Next week, we're going to be podcasting from the wonderful world of Disneyland, so be prepared for a magical episode full of fun and surprises. But for this week, let's just get right into it after this short break. One of my favorite things to do in the summer is sit back outside with my favorite book and drink a glass of iced tea. There is something about getting some vitamin D from the sunshine, boosting my parasympathetic nervous system with a good book, and the cooling vibes of an iced tea that just gets me going. But lately I've struggled to find sustainably sourced organic tea blends for a good price. I know the place you should go, Mountain Rose Herbs. They have a whole list of bulk herbs available for purchase on their website for an affordable price. Mountain Rose Herbs is committed to sustainability and fair trade harvesting of their herbs. They only offer the best of the best. That sounds amazing, Producer Alex. I know that my favorite summer tea recipe is hibiscus flowers, a little bit of cranberry juice, and water poured over ice. In fact, I get like excited just thinking about it. I just checked on their website and not only does Mountain Rose Herbs have bulk hibiscus flowers to order, they also have their own tea section with blends to suit every taste, mood, or summer vibe. Check out our show notes where we have given you our exclusive link to make your first, second, and third orders from this awesome herbs company. If you use our link, you will also know that you are supporting our show, Confessions of a Doctor. It is a win-win. We'll also post the link on our Instagram page, Confessions of a Doctor, under our deals category. Get your zen on today with some herbs from Mountain Rose Herbs, local to the Pacific Northwest. Welcome back. Producer Alex, what do we have up first? Up first is Some Like It Talk. In Some Like It Taught today, we are talking all about the symptom of acid reflux. Now, I don't know about you all, but I know I personally have experienced acid reflux before and it is no fun. So we're going to talk about what is acid reflux, what is what are some of the conditions that involve acid reflux, what are some conventional and naturopathic or integrative treatments to address acid reflux, and lastly, when should you check in with your doctor? 
Acid reflux is that sensation in your upper stomach when you feel maybe burning or fullness or discomfort. You might feel like a pinging sensation sometimes. That burning sensation can move up your chest, meaning it's moving up your esophagus. And you might even have like an acidic or sour taste in your mouth. This can especially happen if you lie down at night and go to bed right after eating. Sometimes people experience like not wanting to eat or feeling full too soon or having nausea or even bloating. So it can cause a lot of disruption in your life. And when you're having acid reflux consistently and you can't pinpoint just like one meal or it's only one instance, it can actually be a condition called gastroesophageal reflux disease or GERD. Now GERD is a condition where this is happening more on the regular basis. When you go into your doctor's office and get diagnosed with this condition, it's actually diagnosed just by history and physical exam, meaning there's no real lab tests or workup steps that you have to do to get diagnosed and treated for GERD. Now, when we're talking about treatment options, there's several. There's conventional treatment options and more integrative treatment options. The first conventional treatment option is actually trying to correct and remove some of the underlying causes or contributing factors to acid reflux and GERD. One of the things I already mentioned is timing of eating. One of the best things that you can do is avoid eating right before bedtime, right before you lie down. If you think about it, your body, your food goes unidirectional, ideally. It should go into your mouth, down your esophagus, and your stomach, and then into your small intestine. But when we lie down, we lose the force of gravity, helping us pull our food through our digestive tract. And so at night, sometimes if we lie down right after eating, we can have more of those symptoms of GERD or acid reflux especially that regurgitation sensation, which is just, let's face it, not fun. So my suggestion is waiting at least two hours after eating, even a snack before lying down for bed. If you have to eat closer to bed, I recommend elevating your head either with a pillow or um, some type of wedge to help uh, just that natural digestive process occur. Some other helpful lifestyle tips include incorporating some mindfulness before meals. This helps you become in more of a parasympathetic or rest and digest state and can help your food digest better. Things like a deep belly breath, sitting down when eating, uh, being focused on your meal, eating slowly and not multitasking while having meals. These can be really helpful things to help your body digest food appropriately. Also avoiding, avoiding food that is a common trigger for acid reflux or GERD. Some common triggers are acidic foods like citrus or tomatoes. Uh, Coffee and caffeine, unfortunately, and chocolate can also be triggering really fatty or spicy foods. And there are some others as well. Each of us is different. And so some people may have a food sensitivity that is contributing to acid reflux. So you can play around with some um, elimination diets, trying to cut out maybe those most common causing GERD uh, foods first. But if you're having trouble identifying if a food is your underlying cause, you can always check with your doctor and we can walk you through an elimination diet step by step. When we think conventionally about treatment for GERD, there's a couple different routes of treatment. They're all pharmaceutical based. Uh, The first route is just antiacids, things like Tums. These are used just for symptom reduction. They decrease the acidity level in the stomach for a short amount of time. But oftentimes people, once the Tums wear off, they have rebound GERD or acid reflux, which is worse than prior to taking the Tums. So that's my warning there. 
An alternative to Tums would be something like deglycerized licorice or DGL or slippery elm, which is an herb. Both of those are demulcent herbs that can also soothe and coat the esophagus uh, and the lining of the stomach. So they can decrease symptoms, but they won't change the acidity of the stomach. So they won't affect digestion. Another medication that's really commonly prescribed is PPIs, which are protein or proton pump inhibitors, or H2 blockers, histamine 2 blockers. Both of these medications are suppressing acid production in the stomach in a different way, and they can work wonders for GERD, and they can help prevent complications from GERD, uh, like esophagitis or gastritis, which is inflammation of the esophagus or the stomach lining. But you need to be cautious with these medications because they're not meant for longer than three months of use. So ideally, you go on these medicines, address the underlying cause, change your diet, change your life, and then you taper off of them. But I tell you, like nine times out of 10, my patients come to me on a PPI and they've been on it for for years and years and no one has ever told them or talked about a taper. So I really encourage you, if you are on those medicines, to talk with your doctor or set up an appointment with an integrative medicine provider to see if that medicine is um, still right for you or if you are a candidate for a taper onto something different. Some other things you can consider that are more naturopathic to help heal um, the mucosal membranes and potentially reduce symptoms of GERD or acid reflux are zinc carnosine and melatonin. Both have been studied to actually help heal the mucous membrane and the gastric lining. So this can help treat both inflammation of the stomach lining or even stomach ulcers. And they can be really helpful for decreasing symptoms of GERD. So those are some helpful tips and tricks. My last piece of the puzzle when it comes to treatment is avoid, if you can, alcohol and tobacco. Alcohol and tobacco relax the lower esophageal sphincter, which is the essentially like the spigot that differentiates between the esophagus, the, tu- the tube that food goes down, and your stomach. When that sphincter is loose, contents from the stomach, including stomach acid, can regurgitate, move up into the esophagus, and cause long-term tissue damage. So the more that we can keep that sphincter nice and tight and separate those two um, organs of the body, the better. Lastly, when should we go to the doctor for things like acid reflux or GERD? You want to go see your doctor if you are on any of these treatments and you're not getting better after three months, or if you have more red flag or warning signs or symptoms. If you're having any sign of bleeding, whether it's bloody vomit, blood in your stool, really dark or black stools, if you're having really severe abdominal pain or bloating, if you're not able to eat or if you're losing weight and not trying to lose weight, or if you have any signs uh, or symptoms of changes in your blood like iron deficiency, anemia, or anything else, those would be reasons to go get checked by a doctor. That's all we have today for Some Like It Taught. I reviewed acid reflux and the condition GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease. We talked about when you should go see your doctor for these conditions and some common naturopathic or integrative medicine treatments, as well as pharmaceutical treatments to address those symptoms. Feel free to reach out to us directly through my website, www.dremmapetcho.com, and sign up for my mailing list to be the first to know new updates and other health education content. This podcast is sponsored by Empower You Health and Wellness, a health education company. For the month of June, Dr. Emma is offering 50% off food sensitivity testing with any nutrition counseling appointment. 
Schedule today at her website, www.dremmapetshow.com. That is D-R-E-M-M-A-P-E-T-S-H-O-W. And enter in promo code CONFESSIONS during checkout. Sign up today to revamp your health and change your life. Empower. Educate. Inspire. Producer Alex Summer is here. I have been getting ready for my summer vacation and recently started a sugar cleanse, which means that I've been cooking up a storm. The other day I was making my homemade, sugar-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, pretty much everything-free biscuits and realized I didn't have any almond flour in my cupboard. The worst feeling ever. Did you know that you could have saved yourself the hassle and just used Instacart to get groceries delivered in as fast as one hour? Instacart has multiple stores available, so you can always find something close by from your favorite local store. You're so right. I love Instacart, especially because when I place an order, Instacart will highlight deals to help me save money and sometimes will show me new suggestions that I would not have tried otherwise. With stores like Costco, Fred Meyer, New Seasons, Safeway, Target, and more, there's always something just a few buttons away. If you already use and love Instacart as much as us, then follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know we sent you to help support our show, Confessions of a Doctor. If you have never used Instacart before, sign up today. Get the groceries you need without the hassle. Our link in the show notes today is set to Dr. Emma's favorite almond flour for her homemade biscuits recipe. Click on it today and get shopping. Welcome back to Confessions of a Doctor. Next up is Health Myths Debunked. This week, we are going to chat about the article of the month in our Health Myths Debunked. A reminder to all listeners, this segment is where we take an article, blog, or social media health claim and identify if the claims are fact or fiction. Essentially, we debunk the article if needs to be. From there, we give the article a grade on an A through F scale. Anything above a C or a 70% passes the debunked test, but the higher the grade, the better. This month's article comes from CNN's health section called Physician Voices. The article is titled Six Lifestyle Changes to Manage Severe Eczema. There are six claims total, so let's get into it. Claim number one is to shower smart, which means to avoid taking hot showers or baths. This claim is a fact. Hot water can take away the natural oils from the body, which can lead to skin dryness and actually worsen eczema, itching, and irritation. Hot water can also increase local skin, skin irritation. So obviously you want, obviously you're going to want to bathe. So take a shower or a bath with the temperature below 86 degrees Fahrenheit. It should feel warm, but not hot. If you're in the middle of an eczema flare, this is especially important. And for any of you who don't know what eczema is, it's a red kind of scaly itchy rash that can crop up from a myriad of different reasons. You can also consider to take a lukewarm bath and use whole oats or a vino bath as it's been studied to decrease local irritation and itching. Claim number two is commit to moisturizing. This claim I'm gonna say is partially true. Because the author mentions using coconut oil topically as a moisturizer. Now, I love coconut oil, and I think it's typically really soothing for the skin. The issue here with eczema is that 
coconut oil does have some antimicrobial properties. This means that it could end up being really drying in the long term, which given that the skin with eczema is already dry, I wouldn't recommend this as a moisturizer for eczema-based skin. I would suggest using a moisturizer that's more hypoallergenic, scent-free, and use a tool like the Skin Deep Guide by the Environmental Working Group to help you choose your next moisturizing product. Claim number three is don't scratch that itch. This is so much a fact, but it's so hard to do. Scratching the itch can increase local irritation. It can cause inflammation in the skin. It can cause breaks in the skin and secondary infections. So avoid scratching, use moisturization, oatmeal baths to decrease the itch and the need to scratch. If you really need to wear gloves or socks on your hands, if you're really, really tempted to scratch, that's what I did when I was younger and had the chicken pox as a child. I still itched, let's be real, but I didn't itch as much. Claim number four is follow a healthy diet. This is absolutely a fact. The author claims that a diet for eczema is one that contains fresh fish, fruits, veggies, and fiber, which I completely agree. It also mentions to decrease red meat and decrease carbohydrates. I would also add decreased added sugar or high glycemic foods and decreased processed or fried fatty foods. I'm going to dive into a little bit about the glycemic index for our Ask Dr. Emma segment today. She also mentioned the author to take vitamin D as it can improve eczema, which has also been studied too. Vitamin D is an immune system stabilizer and can improve Treg, which is the part of your immune system that regulates both the infectious and inflammatory response of the immune system and kind of calms them both down. Claim number five is manage your stress. Stress can absolutely contribute to eczema flares, I suggest coming up with some type of mindfulness practice or nighttime routine to unwind at night because it can help so much. And claim number six, the last claim is to start slowly. This isn't really a claim, but it's a fact as motivation to change and actual change are two completely different things. Starting one thing at a time and trying to be consistent for 21 days to make something a habit is going to be key. Well, those are the six claims in the CNN Physician Voices article called Six Lifestyle Changes to Manage Severe Eczema. Overall, there were five claims that I identified as factual and one claim that was mostly fact but partially misleading. Overall, this gave the article a score of 92%, which is an A- rating. This is an excellent health myths debunked score. I will definitely be following the Physician Voices CNN section in the future to see if other articles stack up in credibility to this one. Do you have a health or wellness product that you would like us to review? Submit your products to contact at emmapetshow.com or follow us on Instagram at Confessions of a Doctor and reach out with the product you are curious about starting. Dr. Emma and her team will break it down for you in a future episode and message you back when you can expect to hear it on air. Can't wait until then. You can always schedule a health and wellness consult with Dr. Emma from the comfort of your home. She will review your current medication and supplement list and can provide recommendations to optimize your health. Check out her website at www.dremmapetcho.com for more information. Welcome back to Confessions of a Doctor. 
Our Ask Dr. Emma Your Dilemma today is a listener question who submitted through email at contact at emmapetshow.com. Their question is, how do you calculate the glycemic index of food? This is a fantastic question. I appreciate you submitting it in, listener, and it goes along with what we were talking about earlier. So first, what is the glycemic index? The glycemic index is a measurement that scientists have given food to determine the amount of sugar and the impact it has on our own body's blood sugar. Foods that have less sugar and more fiber have a lower glycemic impact. Foods that have more sugar and carbohydrates with less fiber have a higher glycemic index, meaning that they give a bigger blood sugar spike, which means that you'll have a greater blood sugar crash afterwards. The ideal sugar to fiber ratio is one to one, and the ideal carbohydrate to fiber ratio is less than 10 to one. This can be a great tool you can use to calculate if a food is a low glycemic index hit versus higher. Of course, you can always refer to a glycemic index table, but this can be an easier calculation when in a pinch. As someone who, personally, I've been on a sugar cleanse for the past two weeks, I have to say that while it does take planning and time to eat this way, I do feel fantastic, and it's not as restrictive as I thought it would be. I'll be sharing some of my recipes and meal plans online over the next few weeks to support any of you who want to try out a sugar cleanse for yourself or just maybe want to try eating a little bit healthier. When it comes to benefits, I've noticed um, more energy, better focus, clearer skin, less bloating, and an inadvertent weight loss of five pounds so far. Given that healthy, maintainable weight loss is a half a pound to two pounds per week, this is a little faster than what is sustainable weight loss. So I would only suggest my current dietary plan as a short-term cleanse, no longer than three weeks at a time. But it is clear that decreasing added sugar in your diet can have great benefits for health. If you would like to submit an Ask Dr. Emma Your Dilemma question, you can do so in the following ways. Send us a message on our Instagram page, Confessions of a Doctor, respond to our Ask Dr. Emma Your Dilemma stories, or sign up for Dr. Emma's mailing list on my website, www.dremmapetshow.com, where you can send me a message directly. Thanks for hanging out with us today, Confessions of a Doctor listeners. In Some Like It Taught, we talked all about acid reflux and when to go to a doctor. In our Health Myths Debunked segment, we rated the article, Six Lifestyle Changes to Manage Severe Eczema, in the Physician Voices section of CNN Health. The article received an A- rating, which is great as it had mostly factual claims. And lastly, I answered the listener question, how do you calculate the glycemic index of food? in our Ask Dr. Emma Your Dilemma segment. Please like, comment, subscribe, and rate our podcast. And thank you for listening. New episodes drop every Wednesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. To follow us for more health education content, check out Dr. Emma Pet Show or Empower You Health and Wellness on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok. And make sure you follow Confessions of a Doctor on Instagram to stay connected all week long. I am Dr. Emma, and until next time, have an empowered day. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Emma Petcho and her guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. 
content here is for informational and educational purposes only. Each person is unique, so consult your healthcare professional for any personal medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own. While we are, make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of utmost importance to us. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect patient confidentiality. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-patient relationship.